with my friend the zombie Jonathan you're looking good Jonathan just got an awesome face paint job what do you think I like turtles hacking away cheers cheers I went for the double clink you <laughs> you spurned me mm. ah hello mm. and welcome to episode 41 with two geeks, two beers, with me, Tom, on my fellow hero in a half shell. Nice. Morgan. We're, we're in middle age now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Bruce Lee last time. Mm. So we're sort of carrying on the martial arts theme this time. Turtle power. A highly complicated franchise mm. of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Now, the thing is, we just called it a highly complicated franchise. Yeah. And I didn't think it was. What, no, but the thing is, you could, you could have just... This is the thing, you, I think you... You went in, yeah. sort of wide-eyed, yeah. and we could have just done the Turtles cartoon, yeah. I, yeah. or the comics, or I the movies. I wish we were. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> me, and, me and Tom were in the pub the other day, talking about this episode, and you went, Morgan, it's a nine-pager. It's a nine-pager. <laughs> it's a 12 page. Now it's a 12-pager. Yeah. Normally, a good episode of a, of a good like half hour, six. 45 minutes, is a good six or seven pages. Yeah, six, six, six pages works out to about 90 minutes, <sighs> Yeah. so this is going to be a long so, one. Yeah, we could have done a whole episode on just the cartoon series, mm. could have done it on just the films. <laughs> After but, you've listened to this, you'll yeah, be like, you'll maybe, maybe you should have. But this is the entire history. I mean, we like a history lesson on Two Geeks, don't we? We, we like do. a good, like, from start to finish, every single thing about that particular franchise. Yes. And that's what we're doing with the Turtles. But first, beers. So, I think oh, this is pretty good. This is a pretty good one. It's not bad. I ordered this. It's from Weird Beard Brew Company, which is awesome in itself. Uh, it's called Spreadsheet Ninja. Mm. I like that actually because it's Ninja Turtles, yeah. but Spreadsheet Ninja, a little yeah. bit geeky. Yes, yeah, very good. So uh, it's a single hop pilsner. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Again, snubbed. I tried to do the double clink, top and bottom. Oh, there we I go. see. There oh. we go. Mm. I do quite like that. I'll probably drink Which that nice. dangerously quickly. So your history with the turtles? Oh, I love the turtles. Yeah. Um, the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, yeah, as they were. You might, you might get into that. But um, yeah, mostly through the the cartoon series. But then I also I read a few of the comics, I think, um, and I love the the original live action. Well, the first live action movie uh, was amazing. I'm yeah. sure we'll get onto it. Um, <laughs> The sequel, Secret of the Ooze, yeah. not so good. Yeah. And then I'm aware there were all kinds of uh, follow-ons to that. There were, you know, more live-action movies and, and uh, animated movies and animated series and live-action series. But I've sort of... It was something I was really into, actually, as a kid. But I've kind of drifted away from as an mm. adult, in quote marks. Well, the whole premise of The Turtles is pretty bonkers when you mm. think about it. Because you look at it, and it is still going strong to this day, which we'll yeah. get into. But... Technically, it's not a million miles away from its rip-off series, Bug and Mice from Mars, which we've already talked about, <laughs> and that survived very briefly 
and there's nothing. Whereas I mean, Turtles I, I, is this huge thing. It's true. And I love that we did we, we did a Biker Mice from Mars episode before we did a Turtles <laughs> episode. What, what were we, we thinking? What were we thinking? So TMNT, mm. in case you didn't know, mm. somehow, are four fictional teenage... Right, this is the word I'm going to really stumble upon the whole entire episode. Mm. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Turtles, named after Italian artists of the Renaissance, obviously. Mm. <laughs> they were trained by the air... Anthropomorphic rat sensei in the art of ninjutsu. So they're from the homeless sewers of New York City. They battle petty criminals, mm. evil overlords, mutated creatures, and alien invaders while attempting to remain hidden from society. So, right back at the beginning, let's go where it was created from the start. Okay. So, they first appeared in an American comic book published by Mirage Studios in mm. 1984. The concept arose from a drawing sketched out by Kevin Eastman during a casual evening of brainstorming and bad TV, as they put it, with Peter Laird. Uh, using money from a tax refund, together with a loan from Eastman's uncle, they self-published a single-issue comic intended to parody four of the most popular comics of the early 80s, Daredevil and the New Mutants, Cerebus and Frank Miller's Ronin. So it was a, it was a parody of that. And this, Never um, knew it. What I like is that it was just a single comic that... You can imagine anyone doing when you're. Um, I, I, I made, me and my mate made a comic when we were like ten. We made one. No, me and my mate did that at school yeah. as well. We we did a we did a comic uh, called the UFO Hunters, <laughs> which was basically a Men in Black ripoff, and we sold it at school for like ten p. Nice. Didn't spawn an international phenomenon. No. I mean that sounds cooler than uh, my one. Mm. My mate Adam, we made a, a comic book called Sydney and Jasper, where it was these two sailors with loads of weird sort of fart humour. Again, didn't get picked up by many I conglomerate. I can't believe it didn't become a, mul- a multi-million dollar movie franchise. Anyway, we made like albums and all sorts, but that's another... That's albums? Another, yeah. uh, the Turtles started their rise to mainstream success when a licensing agent, Mark Friedman, found Eastman and Laird and proposed wider merchandising opportunities. In 86, Dark, Mo- Dark Horse Miniatures produced mm. a set of 15mm figurines uh, to go with the comics. And in Jan- January 87, Eastman and Laird visited the offices of Playmates Toys a small company that wanted to expand into the action figure market, which was obviously huge in the 80s. Mm. Eventually, this led to a TV series being made to essentially sell the toy. Right, so it's one of those, because there's a lot, of, yeah. a lot of... It's a big thing in the 80s where cartoon series were essentially produced mm-hmm. to sell toys, like He-Man was an example, yeah. Transformers was a big example. So, I mean, we'll do a Transformers episode, <laughs> inevitably. And we'll Transmorphers. Transmorphers. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the mockbuster. You haven't seen it, have you? The, the Transformers animated movie. No, I haven't. Which is incredible. Yeah. And throughout it, um, like, the, the main cast of the first couple of seasons of the animated show get, like, slaughtered. They'll get killed. <laughs> and like, as a kid, it's, like, super traumatic. Yeah. But it's because they were just like, yeah, we need to introduce a new, uh, new toy line. So we'll just, like, get rid of all get the old characters. Get rid of the old line. But, but the kids are watching it were like, what? No! <laughs> I- Ironside! No, Ironhide! No, Ironside! No. Ironside, not Ironhide. <laughs> I think it was a play It was a play on words, not, not, not Raymond Burr. Yeah, <laughs> Raymond Burr in a wheelchair. <laughs> uh, so phrases like heroes in a half shell, many of the catchphrases, like turtle power, came from the writing and conceptualisation of a wider creative team that came in to sort of make the toys slash the early so, stages of the cartoon series. So Eastman and Laird are taking all the credit. They didn't even come up <laughs> well, with they heroes in a half they shell. Did, they, they brought a team in with them to right. do it. As the series developed, veteran writer Jack Mendelson, who co-wrote Yellow Submarine, among many others... The song? The film. The right. <laughs> ...came on board as both a story editor and scriptwriter. Uh, David Wise, Michael Charles Hill, I just want to reference these guys because they're yeah. important. Give me a shout uh, out. And Michael Reavis, who won an Emmy for his work on Batman the Animated Series. Ooh, check out our previous episode yeah. on that. Uh, they wrote most of the scripts. So let's let's go with the characters, first of all, okay. of the, the series. Favourite turtle, do you have one? Raphael. Don't tell it for me. Donatello, the yeah. nerd. 
the nerd. <laughs> I mean, that sums, sums up. Because, because, well, uh, well, go on. Describe the characters, okay. and then we'll get into why oh. they're our favourite. So Leonardo or Leo, mm. uh, the tactical, courageous leader and devoted student of his sensei. No fooling around. Remember what sensei said. Leonardo wears a blue mask and wields two katana. Katana! <laughs> Katana! She's got my back! <laughs> As the most co- conscientious of the four, he often bears the burden of responsibility for his brothers, who, which commonly leads to conflict with Raphael. Uh, Leonardo was named after the Italian polymath, painter, engineer, inventor, writer, and ana- anatomist? anatomist. Anatomist. He did everything. And sculptor, Leonardo da Vinci. Honestly. Nice. Leonardo da Vinci, very much the Buster Crab of his day. <laughs> Uh, Michelangelo or Mikey You're just like me dude The most stereotypical teenager of the team Michelangelo is a free spirited Relaxed and often goofy jokester And known for his love of pizza I like the word jokester Yeah Michelangelo wears an orange mask Mm. And wears a pair of nunchucks You you love your nunchucks didn't you Back in your martial arts No you know I was scared of the weapons Why would you bring that up He provides the comic relief Though he still has an adventurous side the least mature of the four turtles, he, he shows characteristics of a surfer type and is often depicted with a Southern Californian accent. Hence the cowabunga. Exactly. He is named after the Italian Renaissance painter, sculptor, architect, poet and engineer, Michelangelo. <laughs> I would never want to guess. <laughs> Donatello, or uh, Donnie or Don. Hey, I'm smarter than all you guys put together. It should be me. The scientist, inventor, engineer and technological genius, Donatello wears a purple mask and uh, wields a bow staff. Donatello is perhaps the least violent turtle, referring to use his knowledge to solve conflicts, but never hesitates to defend his brothers. He is named after the early Renaissance Italian artist and sculptor from Florence, Donatello. Yeah, yeah you're right. He sounds great. Avoid, avoid. <laughs> like him the best. Avoids conflict, uh, and and he uses a stick. That's he's got the worst weapon, a stick. He's the one in the games that you would never want to pick. Yeah, is he I like, just like his the purple mask. That's all it was. I went on like, color alone. Is he like the short turtle or something? Maybe. Like that? <laughs> And finally, Raphael, Raph, or Raph, Raph, the team's bad boy. Yes, he's the bad boy. Raphael Everyone... wears a red mask and wields a pair of say Sai? Sai. What's that? Um, that like th- uh, three pronged. Oh, right, like yeah. Electra has in yeah. Daredevil. Come and get me! I'll turn you right out of that tin can. He has an aggressive nature and seldom hesitates to throw the first punch. <laughs> he is often depicted with a very pronounced New York accent. Is he? Yeah. Like New York. Yeah, in, in the film, in the film, oh, yeah. in the live action, he was like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Raphael. Because they're anthropomorphic turtles. <laughs> Don't ask questions. His personality can be fierce and sarcastic, and often delivers deadpan humour. He is named after the Italian painter and architect of the High Renaissance, Raphael. Raphael. Then we got Splinter. Take this moment and prepare for the challenge that lies ahead of you. Mm. The turtle's sensei. 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 <laughs> The turtle's sensei and adoptive father, Splinter is a Japanese mutant rat, obviously, that learned the ways of ninjutsu from his owner and master, Hamato Yoshi. But more on that as we go on. So, April O'Neil, a former lab assistant to the mad scientist Baxter Stockman. April is the plucky human companion of the turtles. This is April O'Neil, Channel 6 News, speaking with this year's winner of the Fat Cabbies Contest. She first met the turtles when they saved her from Baxter's Mauser robots. Uh, she embarked on many of the turtles' adventures and aids them by doing the work in public that the turtles cannot. And sports a fetching yellow jumpsuit. Yes, because obviously. Because it's the 80s. Casey Jones, a vigilante who wears a hockey mask to protect his identity. What I want to know is, when do we get to break something? Casey Jones has become one of the turtles' closest allies as well as a love interest to April. Casey first encountered the turtles after having a fight with Raphael because he's a dick. 
<laughs> yeah. He fights crime with an assortment of sporting goods he carries in a golf bag, such as baseball bats, golf clubs, and hockey sticks. And he's got his hockey mask. Yeah. No gun, just, you know, it's America, just carrying around golf clubs and shit. <laughs> and finally, the Shredder, a villainous ninjutsu master called Oroku Saki. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Oroku Saki, better known as Shredder. I warn you. Do not mock me. He is the leader of the Foot Clan, an evil ninja clan. So you know you were talking about being a Daredevil spoof. Yes. The Foot is uh, a parody of The Hand, right. which Daredevil fights. I see. There you go. See? Need you for this. Yeah. In every incarnation of the TMNT franchise, he has been the arch enemy of Splinter and the Turtles. The Shredder prefers to use his armour instead of weapons in some versions. Did you know he was based on a cheese grater? A cheese, a cheese grater. Yeah. When Eastman and Laird were designing the main foe for the turtles, they looked else anywhere that they could find for inspiration. According to Kevin Eastman, Shredder's design was inspired by a metal cheese grater that struck him as a potential weapon in the hands of the wrong person. Well, the thing is, like, <laughs> what fucking kind of cheese grater did he have? Because like, <laughs> I've got a cheese grater. It doesn't look like Shredder's armor with the blades. I've got and one shit. that's shaped like a hedgehog. <laughs> have you actually? That's <laughs> a bit different. So, we're going to go with the turtles in chronological order. Okay. Okay? Okay. I was going to do different sort of types of turtle mm. shit, but we're going to go in, in bit by bit. So, okay. it all starts yeah. with the Mirage comic series. Now, yes. when we talk about comics, mm. it's hard, isn't it? Not very not entertaining or funny. Cause it's, <laughs> what, on audio? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Look at this great piece of artwork. But it's important, so we need to go through it. So <laughs> oh, it's going it's to be really dry, but it is important. So, so bear with us. Eastman and Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles premiered in May 1984 at a comic book convention held at a local Sheraton Hotel in New Hampshire. It was published by Mirage Studios in an oversized magazine-style format using black and white artwork. Right, I had a question on that. Okay. How do you know which one's which? What, Eastman and Laird? <laughs> no. No, the turtles because it's like they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they right. look the same, but they're yeah, identified yeah. by their different color yeah. sort of well, they've, they've got the weapons in the hands. The weapon they do yeah. have the weapons. Maybe they got their little, like the letters of their names tattooed on there or something. Mm. Um, it was only limited to a print run of only uh, three thousand two hundred fifty copies, but through a clever media kit, the public's interest was piqued, and thus began a turtle phenomenon. Two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, 3,250. 3,250, yeah. right. Yeah. I think that's about how many copies I sold of uh, <laughs> UFO Hunters. I think that's we, loads. I think we shifted that many. No, I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> lying. Uh, the small print uh, runs made these early comics and trade magazines instant collector items, and within months, they were trading for over 50 times their cover price. The name Mirage Studios was chosen because of Eastman and Laird's lack of a professional art studio at the start of their career, before their creation made them both multi-millionaires. Do you know what? A couple of guys... Amateur, rank amateurs trying their best inspiration yeah inspiration yeah this series was originally intended as a one shot but became a continuing series that lasted for 129 issues spanning four separate volumes it had a 26 year run from 1984 to 2010 again this could be a whole episode but perhaps the weirdest TMNT moment ever in terms of the, co- the original comic was in issue number 7 Intergalactic Wrestling the turtles are kidnapped by a disembodied cow a cow head I was going to say, how are you, be, how are you a disembodied cow? How, <laughs> a disembodied pr- prove cow you're a cow. Named right. Cuddly the Cowlick that takes them to outer space where they're forced to wrestle aliens in order to return home. Uh-huh. That was issue number seven. <laughs> it's not like they're running short of and ideas. Exactly. You'd think that would be issue number 589 or something. But, no. <clears throat> but this led to the 1987 TV series, which is probably the thing that everyone knows the best. The animated series. Yeah, the animated TV series. Mm. So when little-known Playmates toys were approached about producing uh, Turtles action figure line, they were cautious of the risk and requested that a TV deal be acquired first. 
So in 87, the TMNT's first cartoon series began, starting as a five-part miniseries and then becoming a regular Saturday morning show that we all know and love. However, Mirage Studios did not own the rights to the cartoon series, so the show had a much stronger emphasis on humour than the comics do. So the original comics were quite, quite dark dark in mm. their own tone, but they had they were appealing to kids on a Saturday morning, so they go, all right, come on, we can't just kill people all the time. It's like that Spider-Man rule. Yeah. Can't, can't be seen to be... Squashing what, pigeons. Exactly. So while the comics series are pretty dark in style here, the Ninja Turtles were portrayed as four wisecracking pizza-obsessed superheroes to fight the forces of evil from their sewer hideouts, and they make their first appearance in masks colour-coded to each turtle, where previously they had all worn red, apparently. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. So the cast included new and different characters such as Bebop and Rocksteady. They're from the cartoon? Yes. Yes. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Don't you know your tools? This is the part of our job I really love. Yeah. It's sort of similar to what was the ones in Power Rangers, those... Uh, Bulk and Skull. Bulk and Skull. <laughs> they're, they're very much the, so the, sort of the anthropomorphic Bulk and Skull. So which one was which? There's a pig and rhino, aren't they? So which one's which? Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> I should know this, really. Bebop is the, is the warthog. Okay. Rocksteady is the rhino. That makes sense. So original characters such as Splinter, Shredder and the Foot Soldiers stay true to the comics in appearance and alignment only. Instead of being Hamato Yoshi's mutated pet rat, right. Splinter was a mutated Hamato himself. For some reason. The Foot Soldiers changed from human ninjas to an endless supply of robotic robots. grunts. Yeah, I remember that. So, but that's so you can, like, you know, exactly. kill robots. <laughs> Allowing large numbers of them to be destroyed without anyone actually dying. Destroyed. Uh, Krang, one of the series' most memorable villains... Shredder, you're incompetent <laughs> swine! ...was inspired by the design of the Utrom, a benign alien race from the Mirage comics. You wouldn't be shredding anything if it worked for me. The animated Krang, however, was instead an evil warlord from Dimension X, mm. Baxter Stockman, whose race was changed from black to white, yeah, either white. due to apprehension towards depicting a villainous African American character in a children's cartoon, <laughs> or that for Shredder to boss around a black Stockman would be perceived as racist. Right. Okay. So because I was, I was, I knew about this, and I was like, whitewashing Baxter Stockman. Mm. That's not cool. But, but they was, were so they were doing it out of, out of yeah, positive but thinking. Just, but just don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, either way, Stockman was rewritten as a shy, meek lackey to Shredder, yeah. later mutating into an anthropomorphic housefly. Right. That <laughs> shit, <laughs> shit, shit me up. <laughs> I remember, there was, so so there, were, there were a couple of things. There was, um, there was an episode, so Baxter Stockman gets turned into a fly, yeah. like a fly man, like the fly. Ah, but I can be of help to you! I'm a scientist! So am I, and I don't need the assistance of a measly earth creature. Into the disintegrator unit with him. Let me out! There's been a terrible mistake! Uh, and then there's another episode where April O'Neil gets caught up in some kind of machine and she gets turned into like a cat woman yeah. and like, a, like an actual cat woman and for some reason as a kid yeah spun me out shit me up <laughs> bummed you out spun me out just Saturday no it did it like yeah, yeah. It, it did me nothing you better go Irma now not until you tell me what's going on uh, I went to the hideout of this character called Shredder I was taking pictures of some machine when something happened to me Oh my gosh, it's turned you into a cat. Yes, that's why I must go back and reverse what happened. Wow. 
during the final two seasons of the show to combat the rising popularity of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers oh. the lead villain switched to Lord Dreg an evil alien overlord bent on world conquest by trying to distract the public into believing that the turtles were the enemy instead of himself yeah I think I tuned out by then yeah uh, the turtles were well known for the use of catchphrases characteristic of the surfer lingo of the time that I still use to this day I don't know about you <laughs> what you're constantly dropping cowbung exactly. in the conversations so these included bummer bummer dude dude bogus Bogus, radical, far out, turbuloso, turbuloso, bodacious, <laughs> and obviously Cowabunga. Its enormous popularity gave rise to its numerous imitators, including the Battletoads, with great game series. Cheetah Men, a shit game series. Cheetah Men? We come from the Action 52 game world where every game is... Yeah, we're talking action and lots of it. We got space, dragon, adventure, even war games. Yeah, dude, we even got rescue games and man, they're smooth like ice. Hey, what about you guys? Oh yeah, we're in there too, the Cheetah Men. Yes, but that's another story. If you want the ultimate game challenge, you have to get Action 52. Wild West COW boys of Moo Mesa, which I think we mentioned in the Bike on Ice series. All Moo Mesa, they're the real cowboys, standing up for law and order, and living by the code of the West. All Moo Mesa! Bike on Ice from Mars. Road Rovers, Street Sharks, and Extreme Dinosaurs. I love Street Sharks, yeah. and Extreme Dinosaurs is pretty good, actually. But one of the greatest things about the show is obviously its theme tune. So, let's hear it now. Right, you know I love a theme song yeah. that describes the whole concept and format of the show. Yeah. That does it perfectly. So great lyrics. They mm. are the world's most fearsome fighting team. They are. And they're really hip. <laughs> they're, they're heroes in a harsh shell and they're green. Hey, get a grip. When the evil shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't cut them no slack. Splinter taught them to be ninja teens. He's a radical rat. Leonardo Leeds, Donatello does machines. Oh. That's a fact, right? Leonardo Leeds. Yeah. I thought it was a... Leaps. Leonardo Leaps. It was like, <laughs> he can jump. Raphael is cool, but crude. Well, I thought it was rude, rude. but it says here crude, but, mm. you know. He's crude and rude. Michelangelo is a party dude. He is a party. That's, that's why that question. Yeah. So the soundtrack was composed by Dennis Challen Brown, who later um, wrote the themes for Dharma and Greg, James Bond Jr. and Two and a Half Men. And it was composed by Chuck Laurel. Laurie. Laurel. Is it Laurel? Laurie. Chuck Laurie. And, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Uh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Chuck Laurie yeah. composed the themes. So to... he, he composed it with Dennis. 
Chuck Lorre composed yeah. the theme to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And he performed the spoken part. So the bits was like, Far he's, out. he's a radical rat. That's Chuck Lorre. Yeah, that's Chuck Lorre. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, so, that guy's a genius, the guy who did... So he did the theme tune to... Uh, to men, J- men, men, well, manly men, men. The men. best thing about two... The only good thing about two and a half men. Men, 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 manly men, men, men. Men, 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 manly men. Ooh. And... James Bond Jr. Yeah. James Bond Jr. <laughs> Great. Again, the best thing about that show. James Bond Jr. But the performer of the song himself was James Mandel. Couldn't find anything about him, but well done him. Um, to date, the soundtrack has never been released for retail. Never been released. What are you thinking? Yeah, what, what release you thinking? it on for, on record store day on yeah. a green LP. Absolutely. You can have that for free. I'll buy yeah. it. So yeah, Chuck Lorre. Who would have thought? Best thing he's ever done. <laughs> uh, casting. Uh, during recording of the voice acting, all the main cast recorded together, apparently. According to Renee Jacobs, the voice actress of April O'Neil, working together was great for camaraderie and relationships. We played off each other. There was a lot of ad-libbing. And also, according to Jacobs... The actors frequently undermine the efforts of the show's creators to make the show grittier and more serious, instead embracing silliness and jokes for both children and adults. She said, uh, they were kind of like the Marx Brothers, the Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, Burns and Allen, and all those wonderful, fabulous old radio personalities and early movie personalities all rolled into one. I mean, I don't think you'd compare the turtles with the Marx Brothers. Uh, Leonardo was voiced by Cam Clark, and he also did Rocksteady. Uh, he's done loads of roles over the years, particularly... Um, Shitaro Kaneda in the original dub of Akira. Canada! English dub of Akira. He also played Liquid Snake in the Metal Gear series and he voiced Dog Tanyon in Dog Tanyon and the Musk Hounds. And the Musk Hounds. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. This rude behaviour will only make me angry. Now go and tell your master we must finish our duel. Donatello was Barry Gordon, also Bebop. Um, he was the longest serving president of the Screen Actors Guild, would you believe? That's... So he had quite the upgrade after that. That's a good fact. Raphael was Rob Paulson. His, His name, name is Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. Already talked about him. He was Throttle in Viking Mice from Mars. So he, 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 he's one of our he cashed in. personal heroes, yeah. Robert Paulson. Uh, Michelangelo, Townshed... Ta- Townsend, I'm guessing. Townsend. I've written Townshed. <laughs> Townshed? Townsend <gasps> Coleman. Yeah, because Townsend is a perfectly normal name. <laughs> it might be Ch- Townshed, I don't know. <laughs> Townshed um, Coleman. He, he also voiced the title characters in Where's Waldo and the Tick cartoon series. Yeah. And Shredder... Spoon. Shredder, obviously... If you're oh. a big fan, Mr. James Avery. Yeah. Shredder was basically your straight-ahead villain. But within that, there were levels that were found with the interaction between Krang and myself. And there were levels that I found as an actor to play him. So he wasn't just always, ah, you, you turtles, I'll kill you. That kind of thing. You know, so there was a lot of stuff happening. Incredible. Who would have thought? And Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil from yeah. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. That is still like a trivia bomb that yeah. I, I drop on people sometimes ago. I would never have thought that. But it's one of those weird things where someone goes, you know that Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was Uncle Phil? Yeah. And when you think about it, they have the same voice. <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah. we're all turtles. It's the same. Yeah. But you just, it just never clicks until you know it. And apparently, four episodes though, it was voiced by Dorian Harewood. Um, eight ball yeah. and full metal jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting. interesting. In the UK, TMNT was originally released under the name Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because yeah, they're like, oh, the word ninja will c- cause children yeah. to freak out and yeah, kill a bunch of people. And just get some nunchucks and kill loads of yeah. kids. It's fine to have it's fine to have the nunchucks and the violence and everything, but don't have the word ninja, ninja. or they'll go mental.
The intro sequence was heavily edited because of this, replacing the word ninja with hero or fighting, using a digitally faded logo instead of the animated blob, and removing any scenes in which Michelangelo wields his ninjaku, replacing them with random clips from the show in which he's using his like tortoise shell weapon instead. So are they actually the world's most fearsome ninja team? Yeah. Because because they replace it with nin- with fighting. They're yeah. the world's <laughs> yeah. most fearsome ninja yeah. team. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, while the story diverged heavily from the original conception of the comics, the 87 TV series is largely the most notable and popular incarnation and drove the franchise to the phenomenal status that we all know it today. Mm. Uh, co-creator Peter Laird has publicly shared his distaste with the show on numerous occasions, but has also acknowledged that it was extremely successful and beloved to his audience. So while he would have preferred a different approach, it would not have been as popular without it. Come on, Peter. Yeah. So it led to comic number two. Oh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures it was a comic book series published from August 88 to October 95 by Archie Comics the initial storylines were close adaptations of their 87 TV series but with the fifth issue Eastman and Laird decided to just hand over the series to someone else right got bored <laughs> they got bored of it so Ryan Brown and Stephen Murphy took it over and they immediately abandoned the animated series adaptations and took the title in a completely different direction with all new original adventures, including the uniting of several of the series' recurring characters as a separate team, the Mighty Mutanimals. There you go. Yeah. It's like the Legends of Tomorrow of Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Like, uh, Bucky O'Hare and Bucky <laughs> Mason Marley team, yeah. Uh, in their hands, uh, the comics included social, environmentalist and animal rights themes. Don't really appeal to a kid but there you go it also introduced several new characters of various races and backgrounds including humans mutants aliens and other anthropomorphic creatures well done uh, additionally the series added new layers to established players such as April O'Neil which began training with a, a, a katana herself and the shredder who gradually revealed a sense of honour so they made did that classic thing of making the baddie mm. you know Whatever. It's like when the baddie's too cool. It's yeah. the Spike and Buffy thing. Yeah. If, like, if he's too cool, let's make him a good guy because yeah. we don't want to hate him. The stories are often seen as deeper and more serious than the cartoon and as the new tales and characters were explored, original antagonists Krang, Bebop and Rocksteady were eventually phased out early. That's a shame. <laughs> making later appearances during stories involving alien worlds. So, yeah. I think that was like the Thinking Man's comic. <laughs> the Thinking Man's TMNT. Yeah. But you know when you've made it big, when you get your movie spin-offs, don't mm. you? So, starting with, in 1990, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So good. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together... We will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title in a trench coat. Awesome! Theme of comic book adaptations often goes unsung. That is a brilliant movie, that one. Lean green and on the screen, as the trailer says that you couldn't see there. But the, So the first film 
closely follows the storyline from the Mirage comic books, in addition to some of the more light-hearted elements of the cartoons. It was sort of a, a mish... A mishmash. Of both. Uh, the film tells the origin story of Splinter and the Turtles, their initial encounter with April O'Neil and Casey Jones, and their first confrontation with the Shredder and his Foot Clan. Directed by Steve Barron, who also directed the uh, music videos for Billie Jean and Take On Me. Wow. Classic that, videos. That guy has contributed a lot to pop culture. I mean, he also did Coneheads, but we'll... I will skip over uh, that. The film showcased the innovative puppetry techniques of Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and uh, the film became the highest-grossing independent film of all time at the time, and the ninth highest-grossing film worldwide of 1990 so yeah I mean it's sort of I feel like I was a little a bit too young at the mm. time obviously I was only four years old yeah so by the time I was old enough to watch it I think it kind of passed me by I think I had it on VHS or something yeah. it's amazing it's so good it is I think I was it, I was already like I'd seen the the cartoon and then I watched the live action movie and it was because it was a little bit darker yeah. it was like yeah, yeah. Like, it's so dark and and Raphael was such a badass in it Elias Coteus who's in it as Casey Jones mm. he's so cool there's a bit at the end where the shredder has, is, is like falling into like a trash heap and uh, Casey Jones jumps into like a what would you call it like a like a rubbish truck, yeah. I guess, and he just like kills the shredder. <laughs> he just like he just like like puts the thing forward and crushes the shredder's head. He goes, "Oops!" And I was like, "Casey Jones, <laughs> so cool, so cool." So even Bad now, ass. even now, whenever I see Elias Katias and anything, I'm like, "Yes." But you so know, cool. you know how like the Power Rangers movie that came out was just shite. Even, well, apparently, even for apparently, kids. apparently it wasn't. It was okay. No, 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 no. I mean the original in 1995. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. The first one that came out during the series. Dreadful. It was just awful. And yeah. As a kid, you sort of yeah. fooled yourself into thinking it was good. Yeah. Whereas this was actually. Yeah. It was pretty. With cool. Ivan Ooze, and then yeah. of course you have Secret well, of the we'll Ooze. Well, we'll get onto the Ooze. The thing we'll is, just keep Ooze. Ooze out of yeah. franchises. So even though the wildly popular cartoon version of the Turtles was still in its early rise to popularity in the mm. late 80s, nobody in Hollywood wanted to touch it. The producers associated uh, with the Turtles um, attribute the failure of Howard the Duck to the franchise's slow jump from the small to big screen. Mm. But this was also a point in time when no one wanted to make comic book movies. Uh, producers thought they just wouldn't sell. Sure. Which is crazy. Notor- Notor- notoriously unsuccessful. Yeah. One producer told The Hollywood Reporter, one of my first calls was to Peter Chernin, who went on to run Fox for a long time. Mm. Peter goes, are you guys out of your minds? How the Duck was just released, nobody felt like a comic book could be converted into a live-action character. That's the Duck, man! Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. So, it starred Judith Hogue, who is now, as April, who is now probably best known for her role in Nashville. She's yeah. she's in that. Uh, Elias Cateris. Elias Cateris. Um, he's just one of those that guy actors. He's one of those that guy actors. I couldn't really tell you what he's in, but he's uh, in everything. He's, he's in a Crash, I think, a Thin Red Line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never, never a lead. Chicago man. PD. But, no, he's no, but he's a brilliant character actor. It also stars Sam Rockwell as Head Thug. <laughs> there you go. Didn't know it. Uh, Raphael was uh, voiced by John Pays. Best thing he's known for, from what I could see. He's Mike, great in it. Michelangelo was Robbie Rist, who was cousin Oliver in the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Really? And, wait, wait, sorry, go back. Yeah. Cousin Oliver, who's like the famously hated guy in the Brady yeah. Bunch, is Michelangelo. Yeah. That's brilliant. And the composer of the Sharknado theme. <laughs> What's this with composers? Right, right. No, but no, but also, I feel like that guy is like, because everyone hates Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and it's, I feel like that he needs to be redeemed. It's like, you do know he was also Michelangelo. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and he did the theme to Sharknado. Robbie Wist. Well yeah, know. mate, let's drink to Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Done. I'm Robbie Wist. You know, some people say that Cousin Oliver destroyed the Brady Bunch. He said, wherever I go, terrible things happen. That hurts my feelings. I'm not only an actor. I'm a human being. 
and I was trying so hard to make everybody like me. Please join my cause, the Oliver Preservation Association, or OPA, and watch me on The Brady Bunch. Sundays at noon, 11 Central, on MeTV. We're not doing a Brady Bunch episode. Uh, Leonardo was voiced by Brian Toshi or Tochi. He was also Toshiro in Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. And uh, Donatello, Corey Feldman. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey. What was the Corey Feldman? Did they like blow all their budget and they're like, yeah. right, we'll get the biggest actors, Corey Feldman. Any budget yeah. left? New. No. Yeah. Okay, let's get cousin Oliver. Robbie will do it. Let's get cousin Oliver. Uh, Splinter was voiced by Kevin Clash, known as the creator and voice of Elmo. In Sesame Street. Uh, oh, yeah, no. We don't, we don't talk about it. No, he's fine. I think he's fine. Is he fine now? I think he's fine now. I think, I think he's fine now. <laughs> okay. Double check. And if he's not fine now, we'll cut this bit out. Okay. Uh, so there wasn't just one person in the suit making a turtle come to life. There were six people making the suit go through their nuanced motions. Uh, Leif Tilden, who was one half of Donatello with Corey Feldman, <laughs> describes his first day as a trial at best. <laughs> the first thing I did with Michelangelo, we were waiting for the pizza in the sewer. That's all we did that day. It was just us sitting there and putting together all that choreography. Head movements, eye contact and taking a breath. Each turtle has two puppeteers, one moving the eyes, one moving the mouth. And you're timing everything together. Six people trying to do, trying to make this very subtle, delicate scene work and look believable. So, it was, was, so did they have different people in the body and doing the voices? So they had, the, I guess, the body... Then you had the voice, yeah. so Corey was just there. Corey was just there. And then, Leaf, because apparently there's a man called Leaf, Leaf uh, was the body. Yeah, so you had one guy doing the mouth, one guy doing the eyes. Right, got you, got you, got you. So yeah, all Jim Henson shit. Yeah. Really, really clever. So you had the 1990 movie, <laughs> and it was very popular. It was very good. And Turtles were on top of their game. So what happens when you uh, when this when it's getting to proper mainstream? Oh, you make a, make a sequel? Or? Yeah, but, but even before that, Ooh, I don't know. When something's proper pop culture, and oh. particularly in the early 90s. Oh. Uh, spin-off song? Or? Yeah, so there was a concert tour. To capitalise on the Turtles' popularity, a concert tour was held in 1990. Concert tour? The Coming Out of Their Shells tour <laughs> featured live-action Turtles playing music as a band. In case you wanted to know, Donatello was on keyboards, Leonardo was on bass guitar, Raphael on drums and sax, and Michelangelo on guitar. So dudes in suits? Yeah. So it's the, the Turtles, as you yeah. remember it from the films... Playing as a band. <laughs> did they play? Did they play the song from the Turtles movie? The T U R T L E Power Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't Turtles. think no. They, they had a full album of original tracks. So just, just wait for this. So, they even had a, they had a plot on the tour. So April O'Neil was kidnapped by the Shredder. The Turtles have to rescue her. And the story had it was kind of Bill and Ted esque, and, and they're using the power of rock and roll to defeat the enemy mm. in the form of um, the Shredder, who actually raps about how he hates music. And uh, it was a pay-per-view special highlighting the concert at the time, and many the studio people, album was released. Many people pay for that, pay-to-view that, did they? Well, here's, here's the track listing. So, Coming Out of Our Shells, mm. Sing About It, Tubin, which I guess is slang at the time. Is that, I don't know what it's slang for. Skipping Stones, Pizza Power, Walk Straight, No Treaties, Cowabunga, April Ballad, and Count on Us. So I would say this was the absolute lowest of the low... <laughs> For the turtles, it couldn't get it any worse than this. So that's what we're doing here, dudes. We're bringing our music to all who will listen. And what do you think the first song we wrote was? That's right. It's about the one thing that really gets us going. Yeah, and it doesn't matter whether it's Sicilian or regular. Deep dish or extra thin. By the slice or by the pie. What is it? Pizza! Pizza! What is it? 
our strength. Whoa. It is what we devour when we eat it. What do we get? Pizza power! Certainly the, the musical Nadir of the Turtles, which is saying a lot given that the sequel featured a song by Vanilla Ice. Well, yeah. But you thought that was bad. Yeah, I did. I did, I did think just, it was bad. Just wait for um, Splinter's song. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, our master Splinter! Give it up! Have you ever skipped rocks on the water? Skip them when the water is flat and calm. And watch the rings grow around the place where the stone touched the water. Each of you is like that stone, and everything you do, good or bad, makes rings. All of you must work to only make good rings, because just like the water, the rings that go out will affect all that they touch. Raphael, you remember the day you came home from the park so excited? The story you told me. Truth always lies here. It is the smallest things that make the biggest difference. That's actually a thing that happened. It was obviously a bit where they were like, right, those guys in the in the in the turtles. They they're gonna be hot. They need to they need a rest. Let's oh. just bring out this guy. Oh my god. But, that was an actual tour. Yeah. That was a tour. And an album. But well, so someone just sits down and listens to Splinter talking about skipping stones. But it's that classic thing of like a, a group of fucking suits in a room who go, right, let's kids will buy it, fuck you. Yeah. It wouldn't happen now. You know, like, in the, in the age of the internet and social yeah. media and everything, yeah. kids who are aged like eight mm. don't care about shit like this. They care about, like, I don't know, um, Demi Lovato or Ariana Grande. You know what I mean? They, they want to... They, 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 or YouTubers or whatever. They don't, they don't care about, like, kiddie things like this. They're, they're watching things and, like, grinding up on it and shit. This is just... 
it just doesn't exist. This thing doesn't exist in, in today's day. Oh, kids in these days. Demi Lovato. Is it Demi Demi Lovato? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Which, you know what I mean. It's all just boom, boom, boom. You know these what days. I mean. They, they, there's no like S Club Seven now. Do you know what I mean? There's no like steps, teeny bopper. And and it's a lesser world for it, Tom. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's no like. There's no S. Oh. Sorry, is this episode There's no steps. It's this episode about the turtles. There's no S Club 7 now. Paul's no longer getting down on the floor. But uh, Tina's no longer doing her thing. To go along with the concert tour, mm. the turtles got so popular they went on Oprah. <laughs> of course they fucking did. But I understand on the concert tour you've been having problems because of Shredder. I wish you had about that. You guys, you calm know, down. Turtles you like more than the others? I mean, like, is there anything like romantic or anything? Whoa, what? Careful, 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 you know? <laughs> what are we watching? What's with Oprah? O- Oprah's going, April, which, which of the turtles do you want to fuck? <laughs> what, the, what the hell? Oprah? I'm going to be a professional. But anyway, so they got through the whole weird concert phase of the turtles. <laughs> they got through the whole uh, concert phase. It led to 1991, just a year later, mm. uh, as you mentioned, Teenage Mutant and Ninja Hurt, Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, never the Ooze. New York, a city where 8 million can scarf down their slices in safety, knowing that when pizza is close by, help, help is never far away. <laughs> Any luck finding a new place to live yet? Well, you know, in this market, it's actually very difficult to find good subterranean housing. You'd think even an idiot could find a place down here. But no! Wow! And I thought all the really good dungeons were in Europe. The past returns, my son. Ah. Hey, guys, look! That's the canister that had the ooze. That transformed us all. Yes. Well, you're the last one, aren't you? Ninja Turtles 2. Cowabunga! The Secret of the Ooze. Don't forget, we're turtles! Atrocious. Right. Uh. A few things about that. 
Uh, first of all, I didn't know David Warner was in yeah. it. I love David Warner. Shredder. David, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, it annoys me that, you know, I was saying about how at the end of the first Turtles movie, uh, Casey Jones kills the Shredder, crushes his head. Yeah. It's a badass moment. In that, just like, I remember in the sequel, he just sort of stands up and gets out of the yeah, trash yeah. pile. It's like, yeah. so, has, he just, has he just been there all that time? Like just, Jack Frost all over again. <laughs> but it's like, like, what are they thinking? The one redeeming feature of that movie is uh, the song Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go by Vanilla Ice. It could not be more 90s Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. It's the most 90s thing ever. You see that like it's a bad thing. Vanilla Ice just, oh God. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I want to like these movies, but... The first movie's great. Yeah, but they're, they're so dated. Nah, not the first one. The first one stands up. I think that is like the Mortal Kombat Annihilation of Turtles yeah, movies. I, I suppose. But what is it with ooze? Yeah, the Power Rangers. Why yeah. were kids obsessed with ooze? Kids were obsessed Noel's with ooze. Used to, used to have... Get your own back. <laughs> it's just ooze. Get your own back. And you used to have um, what were those things? You used to literally just like putty. Putty. You used to like yeah. plunge your fingers. Yeah. Kids, kids love ooze, mate. Kids <laughs> do love ooze. So the first sequel expands on the turtles' origin story while claiming the distinction as a Vanilla Ice's film debut. Uh, it also introduced the turtles' human friend Kino uh, and Shredder's mutant henchmen Toka and Raza. I mean, they they've lived long in the memory, haven't they? <laughs> are they like? Are they like? We couldn't get the rights to Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> Toka and Raza. Isn't unlike that Toka, Toka's miracle, the spin-off single. <laughs> Fragment. <laughs> uh, unlike the first film, this entry rarely showed the use of the turtles' weapons. Yeah. They instead fight bare-fisted for much of the film as part of an attempt to tone down the violence. Yeah. It was stupid. It's what we all wanted. So they've got these nunchucks on their person and they just keep <laughs> punching. What are you doing? You've got nunchucks on your person. Yeah. What are you thinking? The film received mixed to negative reviews from critics who felt it departed from the much darker tone of the original film yeah. and was more, far more light-hearted. Despite this, the film was, was financially successful and became the 13th mm. highest grossing film that year. Didn't go on to an occult following though. New. Uh, Paige Turco took over the role as April. Uh, she most recently starred as Dr. Griffin in The 100. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that name. Anyway, this leads to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three uh, in right. 1993. I remember this one. Don't Isn't it going back to... like? Yeah, um, so... The only good thing about it... I've not seen this one. The only good thing about it is it's got my boy, Elias Katias. He comes back. <laughs> he comes back. He comes back. <laughs> the third film in the series, the plot revolves around the sacred sands of time. Yeah. A mystical scepter which transports the turtles in April back in time to feudal Japan where they become embroiled in a conflict between a daimyo, daimo, 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 <sighs> I can't help and a you. group of rebellious villagers. I mean, we all wanted this to happen, didn't we? 16th century Japan. Brave men ride into battle. Fighting an evil emperor. With their only hope... A golden scepter that can open the gates of time itself. Now, in their darkest hour, come four brave fighters from another time. Another place. Another species. You were expecting maybe uh, the Adams family? They're back. And they're back in time. Hey, Adams, check it out! Once before, demons defeated my ancestors. Now they've come back for me. Talk about your quantum leap! My cannons can destroy these monsters, my lord. Uh-oh, this doesn't bode well. I love this stuff! How are we gonna get home? Oh, oh, oh. Somebody down 
911. New Line Cinema presents Allegorama. The four greatest turtles. Hey, alright, eh? It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Ever to go down in history. It's just your ordinary uh, time travel equal mass displacement kind of thing. Kids. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Help, I'm a turtle and I can't get up. For shame, New Line Cinema. For shame. It's that it's a tough thing, of course, like we were talking earlier in the pub about how the new Tomb Raider film mm. just looks so po-faced and boring Join and us. doesn't have any like fun. And yet there's this, but it yeah. goes so far the other way. No, I think okay, I know what the solution is, the key. Right. Have jokes. Yeah. Funny jokes. That's the key. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, <sighs> funny jokes. It just, just looks so lowest common denominator, just so lazy. Mm. I don't want it. I don't want it. It was not a critical of <laughs> all commercial success. Although it made twice its production budget, uh, returns were barely more than half of the previous film and roughly one-fifth of that of the first. Thus, it was considered a disappointment. <coughs> but all three movies were produced by Golden Harvest, which were the, the folks behind the Bruce Lee movies. Bruce Lee movies, there yeah. you go. Listen to our Bruce Lee episode. Now, <laughs> when uh, I was, we were just about to go on air, as it were, mm. um, there was something else that I discovered like today that yeah. I needed to put in, in the show. I had to leave the room while Tom was like, oh, last minute little addition. So it's so confusing. So if you go on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wiki, mm. it will list all the different things. Mm. And then yet yeah, this comes up and it just wasn't there. So there's a chance that I've just missed like five or six different turtles properties right. that I don't even know about. Are you sure this is a real thing, not something no. someone made up like the, um, like the Jack Frost sequel? <laughs> it's a real thing. So, 1998, so from 97 to 1998, Fox Kids ran a series called Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation. Oh, this is a live action thing? Uh, yes. No, this is real, I've seen this. Yeah, but this wasn't on the official list. And there's a lady turtle. There is a lady turtle. There we go, this is definitely real, I've definitely it seen this. introduced many new elements to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, including a female <laughs> mutant turtle called Venus. The series was uh, touted uh, as a continuation of the 87 TV series. Mm. Um, but it was instead loosely followed the continuity of the 90s movies. And it also followed the quality of the sequels. <laughs> yes. The Turtles lived in a semi-abandoned train station featured in the second and third films. Shredder's face is clawed as it was in the original film and Splinter's ear is slashed as it was in the original film. So make of that as of what you will. However, the films and the series display different styles. Shredder is alive and no longer Super Shredder and April O'Neil and Casey Jones are absent from the series. Mm. But... The reason I wanted to include this, the best thing about the series, this short-lived series, was its random Power Rangers crossover. What? Shell-shocked. An early version of the shared cinematic universe. It existed. So, outside of the next mutation, the Turtles guest starred alongside the Power Rangers in Power Rangers in Space. Power Rangers in Space. <laughs> so the end of the episode Save Our Ship in the Power Rangers leads directly into this, Shell-shocked, where the Turtles are summoned and brainwashed by some villain called Astronomer, I'm sure if you're a Rangers nut you'll know who that is, to fight the Rangers. Uh, her control over them is later broken and they team up with the Space Rangers to battle her forces. Before returning to New York, the Turtles have one request from the Rangers, space surfing on the galaxy gliders. Whatever that means. And you thought Infinity War was the I crossover know. to end all crossovers. This, this actually happened. Turtles and the Power Rangers teamed up. Amazing. Amazing. This is just a little clip. This is a lot of you want rangers? You gotta go through turtles. Mutants! Well, at least you got that right. It's time for some shell shock. What are those things? I can't believe it, but I think they're... It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Ha! 
either. Pretty trippy. As for me, mwah. I never doubted your existence for a minute, Miss Yellow Ranger. But how did you get here? Uh, I guess that's a good question. Uh, uh, you know, we used our heads. Uh, and how'd you know we needed you? Uh, well, uh, we good guys gotta stick together, right? Fighting evil and all that kind of stuff. So since you guys are real, is it true that you have a spaceship? We could sure use a lift to New York. Hey, wait a minute, guys. I think we better talk about this. Don't you think it's a little too coincidental that they showed up right when we needed them? What are you so upset about? They helped us out. Yeah. Lighten up, Andros. They're on our side. We'd love to give you guys a lift back home. Let's book! Alpha, 10 coming aboard. Shelly! Red Ranger is not impressed. Shelladelic. I might have to uh, reevaluate my opinion that Alpha's Magical Christmas <laughs> was the low point of the Power Rangers franchise. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, this was followed by the second animated series in 2003, so quite a few years uh, later. <laughs> After that, they were like, let's leave it, let's leave it for a bit. Yeah, that's Love Turtles. So after 10 years away on TV screens, apart from that, uh, the Turtles were back. It ran for seven seasons from 2003 to 2009. Seven seasons? Yeah. In the 2003 versions, the four Turtles' personalities are in some way different from the 87 version in an attempt to follow the Mirage Comics versions more closely. So all the characters are more complex individuals and the Turtles have a stronger family bond. The tone is also somewhat more serious, with more emphasis on action. Mm. The show does not feature nearly as much slapstick uh, comedy or heavy puns as its animated predecessor, and the only turtle to use surface slang is Michelangelo. The 2003 series also features stories of magical powers, usually absent from the previous versions. The series covers a large scope of the turtles' adventures, taking them from the sewers to the streets of New York City, in April O'Neil's apartment, to the woodlands of rural New England, to outer space alternate realities to Japan and to the past, present and the future even through cyberspace like Reboot <laughs> the first several seasons focus on the turtles battles against the Shredder and the Foot as well as the Purple Dragons while the later seasons branch out to include other baddies so here's the here's the intro now obviously this is different from the intro we know and love mm. but I still think they made an effort alright <laughs> There is only one, you know, <laughs> original, original and classic. Yeah. But I've got to say, yeah, it's made an effort. that was a, that was a delight. Ninja Turtles. That made me laugh so much I spilt my drink. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Watch out for Shredder. That was great. Really. And I love being a turtle. Yeah. I love being a turtle. I really enjoyed that. I have yeah. to say. 
So, four years after that new cartoon series in 2007, a new movie in the franchise was released called TMNT. I went to the cinema to see that. It was the first Turtles film made of CGI and mm. sees the four Turtles grow apart after their final defeat of the Shredder. Yeah. When the strange things are happening in New York City as ancient creatures threaten the world and the Turtles must reunite to save it. It's alright. It's all cool. We live together, we train together, we fight together, we stand for good together. We are ninjas. We strike hard, defend, protect, and fade into the night. And there ain't no bad guy or monster gonna ever change that. That's what's important. And that's why we'll always be brothers. I love being a turtle. Yes, I mean you can't see it there, obviously, but it's got the sort of the graphics that you'd get in a game if you were lucky. Now a cutscene. Yeah, sort of cutscene. Yeah, it's just weird that that came out in the cinema. I think uh, Peter Laird stated it takes place in its own universe, separate from the previous films, Ugh. which was supported by its depiction in Turtles Forever, which I'll get onto in a okay. second. Okay. However, director Kevin Munro says the film exists in the same continuity as the other films which was supported by a memento wall at the end of the film. So he just went rogue. He went, yeah, it's totally to do with the other film. Even though it's nothing like it and there's different style and all sorts. But it had an amazing cast. So, Casey Jones was voiced by Chris Evans, pre-Captain America. There you go. Uh, April was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, Meiko, who is like a Japanese icon in Japanese cinema. He mm. was for Splinter. Patrick Stewart was the villain. Um, Zhang Zi, yeah. one of the members of the Foot Clan. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne narrated the whole thing and Nolan North who's the voice of Nathan Drake in the Uncharted uh, games voiced Raphael the rest of the turtles don't worry about it was it, was, but, it, was, it, was it like the modern equivalent of Corey Feldman <laughs> where they sort of blew their budget and they're yeah. like don't worry about it uh, it was not a huge success it grossed <laughs> 96 million on a 34 million budget so it did you know it broke even like 5 pounds of that was mine yeah. or t- probably 10 pounds <laughs> I paid to see it in the cinema uh, but it had mixed reviews and generally just no one cared no cult following sort of no. along and, yeah. yeah if you're a Turtles fan you loved it what a cast though what great a cast. cast but then in 2009 two years later Turtles Forever so this is absolutely fascinating Turtles Again. Forever I'll be waiting <laughs> everlasting <laughs> like the shell very good uh, so again, this wasn't on the official wiki list. I've never heard of this. So it was a TV film that served as a crossover featuring three different incarnations of the Turtles. What? So it was produced in celebration of its 25th anniversary and it features the Turtles from the 2003 series meeting up with the Turtles of the 87 series and even the 84 comic versions as well. And so it marked as a kind of the absolute finale of the 2003 edition. Right. And it even had elements of the 2007 film as well. So okay. I'm, 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 I'll be honest, I've kind of lost track of, of what is going on. <laughs> it's a special world premiere exclusive. They are back. Turtle power! And I got the pizzas. We're good to go. Cowabunga! And they're joining the turtles of today in an event so epic. Ah! <laughs> Was that a mutant? Ah! Banana? So evil! Come and face your doom! Ah! He's quite good with this. Shh, I don't want to miss anything! And so jam-packed with turtles, we have to make a movie just to fit them all in. <laughs> there 
parachute blows, dude. <laughs> I crack me up. I hate those turtles. Don't miss this 25th anniversary Ninja Turtles special event. Saturday morning, November 21st. Only on the CW4 Kids. Right. I had no idea that happened. If you're a Turtles fan, that is like the, know, that is the ultimate yeah. like fan wank. That's incredible. So you can't really see that in the trailer. So you saw the 87 cartoon versions. The, the 80s Turtles animated as they yeah. were at the time, teaming up with like the noughties Turtles yeah. as they were at the time. And, but then teaming up with this kind of like graf- black, and white. black and white graphic yeah. novel styled animated yeah. Turtles from the comics. That's so cool. It's so good. I don't think it was very good. <laughs> right. But the idea. Good idea. Great. Good idea. So sadly, none of the original voice cast from the 87 series reprised their roles, oh. uh, nor was the original soundtrack or score used in the special. Oh. In the actor's case, since Studio 4 Kids Productions uh, resided in New York City, while well, the majority of the original cast lived in California, hiring them would be expensive and time-consuming, um, so they just didn't bother. <laughs> Should have got Robert Paulson. But as you say, all in all, sounds like a really cool idea that wasn't as good as it should have been, but a hell of a lot of fun if you're an uber Turtles nerd. Yeah. So, next up, 2011. The next TMNT comic. Yet another one. Blimey. So, a brand new comic launched from IDW Publishing. Publishing, yeah. It is the first new comic version of the Turtles to debut after the sale of the franchise to Nickelodeon in 2009. The initial creative team consisted of co-creator Kevin Eastman, he was back, who collaborated on the plot and the page layouts, uh, Tom Waltz, who scripted the series, and artist Dan Duncan. And it is still going strong seven years later. Nice. So the series is a loose mix between the original Mirage comics and the 87 and 2003 cartoon series, as it slightly reimagines the origins of the Turtles, as well as other characters such as April, Krang, and Casey Jones. So it has little bits of all of them. It's also introduced various new characters, such as the mutated cat named Old Hob, which I just... Sounds amazing. Generally speaking, it was darker in tone as uh, from the previous versions, but it has had totally bonkers mo- moments <laughs> that sound like, in, what, in my opinion, a Supernatural episode. You know how Supernatural just goes, it's doing like a Scooby-Doo episode. Uh, yeah, Scooby-Doo episode, yeah. So th- this version of the comic book series has had two crossovers with Ghostbusters. Incredible. And last year they teamed up with Batman. I mean, it's sort of turning your nose up at that. You did just watch that Power Rangers <laughs> clip. Like... Batman, at least they're all sort of vigilantes, yeah. it kind of works, it kind of works. It's exactly why comics in particular are amazing, because yeah. in a comic at least, you just yeah. do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It's great. So the popularity of this, a mm. year later, led to a third animated TV series. So what? just three years after the 2003 series ended, yeah. a brand new series was launched by Nickelodeon, and it ran for five series until just last year. So it is a 3D rendered and uh, anime style series mm. it makes slight changes to the turtles continuity notably Michelangelo's new catchphrase is Booyaka Sha <laughs> <laughs> instead of Cowabunga I wasn't, Ali G. I wasn't uh, expecting a good, that a good 12 years after Ali G was a thing <laughs> and his brother Raphael um, <laughs> sorry I'm still laughing at Booyaka Sha <laughs> carry on has an unmutated pet turtle named Spike so just got turtle, turtle isn't that a bit weird though isn't that like know. You, you know like in you know like in Disney when they've got um well, who, are the two, who are the two dogs? Goofy. Yeah, he's and, got a pet Pluto. And Pluto, yeah, but Pluto, Pluto's a dog. An actual dog. Like an actual dog, yeah. but Goofy isn't. Yeah. And what's going on there? The rules are what's there. going on there? So here we go. I've gone off track. Shell shock, pizza king. Can't stop these radical dudes. The secret of the hood. 
It's like a limp biscuit covered the Teenage Mutant Ninja like Turtles. Pitbull. A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What was that? I, I reckon that's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Millennials. <laughs> That's nice. what I call it. But uh, pretty, pretty good cast, pretty, I've got to say. Pretty, so, pretty good. Leonardo, Jason Biggs. Biggs. And re- replaced by Seth Green. Wow. Rob Paulson's back. Yes. This time it's Donatello. Wait, now, what? what? I know, I They're going back, but... Uh, he was like, I'll come yeah. back, but on one condition. I want to play the least interesting turtle, because he is. Uh, Raphael, Sean Astin. Ah. Uh. And Michelangelo... Is this guy who's called Greg Kipes? But he, he was he was an actual surfer. He's an actual surfer. Oh, okay, okay. So he's a famous surfer. Famous surfer. He's like the Tony Hawks of, of surfing. Yeah. Uh, Mae Whitman as April O'Neil. Nice. Her. Her. Uh, and Roseanne Barr played Crane Prime. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Roseanne uh, Barr played yeah. Krang. Prime. Crang Prime. Whatever that means. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was a pretty popular series. It was critically acclaimed. Oh, fucking but hell. I've got to say, I mean, you can't see it there, but mm. I sort of miss the old school animation. It's the yeah. sort of wacky, you know what I mean? It just, it looked really shot. It like, even Reboot looked better, and that was mm. a good, like, 20 years before. Mm. But anyway, this led to, <laughs> in 2014, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Right, this is a live action movie? Yes. Okay. So, a fifth film in the TMNT film series, mm. but it was, of course, also a reboot to feature the main characters portrayed by a new cast. Mm. So the film starred Megan Fox as April, yes. uh, Will Arnett as a sad sack character named Vern, William Fitchner as a villain Eric Sachs, who we'll get on to in a You get on to that, okay, yeah. good. And Whoopi Goldberg as April's supervisor. Just go along with it. That classic character, April Supervisor. We all remember her from the previous iterations. Featuring the voices of Johnny Knoxville as Leonardo. Oh, you love Johnny Knoxville, mate. Uh, Alan Richson yes. as Raphael, uh, known for. He was in Smallville yeah. as Aquaman, and he's going to be in the new DC series Titans. Oh, there you go. Also in The Hunger Games, apparently. Mm. Noel Fisher as Michelangelo. He was in the Twilight movies, apparently, mm. and the US version of Shameless. Uh, Jeremy Howard as Donatello. He was best known as playing a junkie in Breaking Bad, from what I could see. And Tony Shalhoub as Splinter. Monk. Yeah, Monk himself. The film was announced shortly before the Turtles co-creator Peter Laird sold the rights to Nickelodeon in 2009. So, so he's, he's like the... Yeah. The, which, which one is it from Red Dwarf? He's uh, Rob Grant. He's the Rob Grant. <laughs> so uh, here's the trailer for the reboot of the Turtles. Crime, violence, and fear have run rampant. Our great city is being destroyed. People want justice restored to this world. People want heroes, Miss O'Neill. But heroes are not born. They're created. That's what your father and I were trying to do. Create heroes. Chill. It's just a mask. See? Don't freak out. Right? 
So this film received generally negative reviews from mm. critics. However, it was a box office success. Uh, it earned $493 million on a $125 million budget. It was the highest grossing film of the whole Turtles series. Well, it did alright. The thing is, like, the CGI, it does look good, but it goes yeah. back to Henson. Yeah. It goes back to Harryhausen, yeah. mate. Live action, like, puppets. Yeah, puppet it's work, real. It always looks better. It's yeah. just that you can't replicate the real. And those Turtles just seem a bit, like, freaky in a weird way. I don't yeah. know why. Just not, not really like, lovable. And don't take the mask off. No. It just looks weird. In early March 2012, co-producer Michael Bay... Uh, revealed that the film will be simply was gonna originally gonna be just titled Ninja Turtles, and that the turtles would be from an alien race. Oh yeah, I remember in, this. In response to the announcement, actor Robbie Rist, who we mentioned earlier, who voiced Michelangelo in the first three films, wrote to Bay accusing him of sodomizing the franchise. Sodom? That's very specific. Yeah. Sodomizing yeah. is what he's. You're, you're spe- very specifically <laughs> sodomizing. That's a. Do you know what I mean? It's a very yeah. specific accusation. Yeah. In response to the feedback, uh, Bay <laughs> issued a statement. <laughs> Asking fans to calm down since the script hadn't actually been revealed. Calm down, I'm not sodomising anything. His team was working closely with the creators and would include all the elements that we loved. Initially, mm. William Fitchner was intended to portray a Caucasian version of the Shredder mm. with an anglicised real name of Eric Sachs, mm. Sad Sachs, instead of Oroku Saki. Uh, this idea was abandoned later in production in favour of featuring a Shredder of authentic Japanese ancestry Good. and the film went through reshoots to change Fitchner's character of Sax into being Shredder's student so I think there was a lot of meddling and they just got away with it mm. but the change came too late to alter the film's Nintendo 3DS tie-in video game and Sax remains the Shredder in it oh. <laughs> so they just released the game that's the problem with releasing a game first yeah. like, um, but Shredder's still this guy uh, I don't worry about uh, it no, 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 no one's going to play it so even though it wasn't that much of a success, it made a lot of money. To get a sequel, made a lot, of, made money. lot of money. So followed by uh, Turtles Out of the Shadows in 2016. Out of the Shadows. I, can't, oh, I, can't, oh. I honestly can't be asked to even play the trailer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like you know, you know, it's just gonna be the same old shit. You don't need to see it. You get the gist. So everyone was back, apart from Knoxville, who was replaced by a guy called uh, Peter Plozek, who played Garrett Douglas in Teen Wolf. Uh, apparently, Knoxville just wasn't asked back. <laughs> <laughs> he said later, no one asked me. How much of a how much of a liberty can Knoxville be yeah. in, in a recording booth? Yeah. Like Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> stop Johnny. smashing up the booth. Yeah, get get Pete. Um, but it did incorporate elements of the TV series because Bebop and Rocksteady were introduced, yes. along with Krang, Baxter Stockman and uh, Casey Jones Baxter was played by Tyler Perry and uh, Casey Jones Stephen Amell yes so continuing the good cast I uh, I actually interviewed Stephen Amell mm. for this film I sat down with Stephen yeah. and I said what are you doing uh, well no I know I said, I said Stephen you are you're better than this you famously you know what's Stephen Amell famous for Arrow Arrow Stephen you, you play a, a masked vigilante on Arrow you're playing a very much a masked vigilante in this movie any similarities? And he's like, no, no similarities. <laughs> didn't, didn't want to play along. No, he, he just, he just. No, I've, I've got, I've got range. Amel has range. So <laughs> let's have a listen to my chat with Stephen Amel. Were there ever any reservations on your part about playing Casey? Because people might make those comparisons to Oliver Queen and Arrow. No, they're they're totally different characters. I mean, I know that they are both vigilantes with vigilantes with no superpowers mm. but it really 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 does in there I, I've, I haven't seen the entire film yet but when we were filming it I didn't feel any bits of Oliver Queen in there meanwhile Judith Hogue who previously played April O'Neil in the original 1990 film 
She was black. Oh, I like that. It's a nice little touch. She uh, was as a cameo as Rita, April's boss, in a, but only a deleted scene. Oh. So, <laughs> not as good as our... As it was, it was a nice little touch no. until they cut it out of yeah. the movie. It received mixed reviews from critics. <laughs> being considered... But actually being considered by many as an improvement over its predecessor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a low it, bar. It wasn't as successful. It only grossed £245 million against a £135 million budget. So it's still got a profit, but hardly yeah. anything. Uh, Lindsay Bear of the Associated Press gave the film one star out of four and said, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows is a Saturday morning cartoon on Michael Bay steroids. For the under-12 set, that's fine. For the rest of us, it's something to actively avoid. Yeah, but yeah. it is for under-12s, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what your problem is, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But that's not the end of the Turtles. It's still going strong. Oh. So not only is that comic book series still going, but there's a fourth animated series coming later this year. What? So, they didn't kill off didn't kill it off at all. <laughs> Pretty should have done. Uh, the fourth TV <laughs> series, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So it will air 26 episodes on Nickelodeon, and the plot goes, deep in the sewers of New York City, Raphael, Leonardo, Donatello, and Michelangelo are four mutant turtle brothers, we know this. They go on adventures. <laughs> we, where, know, we know this. Where Come they on. end up tapping into mystic ninja powers they never knew existed, oh. while learning to work together as a team and navigate the perils of modern age and hidden realms in order to fulfil a destiny to become a team of heroes. So good cast, though. Uh, Leonardo, Ben Schwartz. Jean Ralphio. Oh, I love Jean Ralphio. In uh, Parts and Rec. He's playing him. Raphael is Omar Miller, best known for Eight Mile and Ballers. And not, I repeat, not Forrest Whitaker's son, even though he looks like that. He does look like He's, Forrest He Whitaker. is Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> uh, Donatello is played by Josh Brenner, who is big head in Silicon Valley. If you're a Silicon Valley fan, he's one of the main characters in that, apparently. Uh, Michelangelo, uh, Brandon Michael Smith, who's in You're the Worst. They also played Little Richard in the James Brown movie Get On Up. There you go. Uh, April is Cat Graham, who's in the Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the villain, Baron Draxham, John Cena. John Cena? Yeah, now you're interested. Oh, now, now, I'm, now I'm hooked. Now yeah. I'm hooked. Of course, John Cena loves voice work. Yeah. Because you can't see him. He loves that. That's, that's the spirit thing. <laughs> Oh, can we just mention that uh, our episode of Duke Nukem mm. has spawned a new Duke Nukem film starring yes. John Cena, which that's, sounds like That's true. Hollywood heard our Duke Nukem episode, yeah. and they were like, where we talked about why don't they make a Duke Nukem movie, and they were like, we will, and we'll cast John Cena, yeah. because we know Tom and Morgan will yeah. love that. Thanks very much, Hollywood. Uh, sadly, uh, you know I hated the artwork for the previous cartoon series. Oh, it was even worse. Yeah, so the artwork does nothing for me at all. <laughs> it's... It's one of those sort of trendy... I love the phrase, it does nothing for no. me. Not I don't like it. Do you know what? It, just, it leaves me cold. It's that sort of funky thing. You know, like Teen Titans? That kind of thing? Oh, I know what you're talking so about. So I'm yeah. going to show you... Very stylized. Sadly, there's no trailer yet for the series, right. but there was this big reveal that Nickelodeon did. Mm. And you can you can just tell that the people doing it mm. are having to go, oh, yeah! Even though deep down they're going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> So have a look at this. Right. Here we go, guys. Wow, take a look at that. <laughs> wow. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Raphael. There he is. He traded his two for one giant katana. Check that out. That is crazy. There you have it, folks. The new Donatello. Without further ado, show us Mikey. All right, here we go. Here we go. That was amazing, man. And there he is, guys. Wow. 
He is adorable. He is Mikey. I love the the knee pads, the yeah. details on there. You get a little lightning bolt going on there. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. There I she like is. Glasses. Wow. She looks beautiful. Look at that. Beautiful. Looks just like me. Okay, so obviously you can't see. Okay, so we'll, we'll have to describe with our yeah. words. Why does uh, Splinter look like Eric Cartman? <laughs> like a furry Eric Cartman? He's really short. You know, like Splinter's normally. He's a rat, but he's like a humanoid rat. He's like. he's standing up and he's like buff in his own way he's, he's old but he's buff he's old but he's buff whereas this splinter is like an actual rat <clears throat> tiny with a little saw over his holding and it just looks really sort of decrepit and yeah he looks like a weird little fella but the animation is just so like I don't know how you describe mm. it it's just... I don't I don't feel like I feel like um, animation didn't talk down to us when we were yeah. kids so the storylines were obviously, for any animated show of the time, storylines were, you know, aimed at kids, but the animation looks proper. Whereas yeah. something like this, like the animation is very stylized and, and goofy. Goofy, goofy. Yeah. It's very, it's very childlike. It's very, it's very childlike, yeah. Tom. And I don't, I don't, yeah. So that reveal uh, is, is on YouTube, as you'd mm. expect. It did not go down very well at all with fans, and it's mostly negative reaction. Mm. People just, especially Splinter. Yeah. So I've just taken a couple of YouTube comments from that video. This looks exactly as bad as I was afraid it would. <laughs> Worst case scenario. You dropped the ball bad, Nick. Who's Nick? Nickelodeon. <laughs> you dropped the ball bad, Nick. Uh, this is a real travesty. <laughs> and this one. This is all one guy, by the way. Oh, right. Sorry, I thought this no, was no, 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 Those two are the same guy. Oh, okay. This next guy is the same guy. Right. The personality is being completely butchered is a big no from me. Way to ruin TMNT yet again. Ralph is the shortest of all the turtles, but now he's the biggest. This is a joke, right? Tell me you're joking. Who gave these people the rights to the TMNT? What we see here is just awful. Spelt wrong, with an E. Gotta go out on a limb and say I bet April is into females. Welcome to 2018. <laughs> so, he makes this random thing of April's lesbian, and that's uh, obviously a bad thing. Don't know why he's having to say that. And then, over 2018. Jesus. Really annoyed. Really, really annoyed. Really, really annoyed. The internet, not, ladies and gentlemen. But it's not aimed at you. It's, it's like aimed, these are aimed at kids watching not, Nickelodeon. It's not and aimed I bet at you. millennial kids who are like 10, 12 now will love this shit. You do know you, you do know that kids who are 10 or 12 are not millennials. They're not millennials. But millennials. Not, it's not aimed at you 24 year old no. douche from Montana. No one cares. And uh, Lindsay, if you're listening, yeah. Lindsay, yeah. it's for 12 year olds. It's not for you. <laughs> So that is essentially it in terms of all the uh, franchises, but we're not done. Oh my God, it, Tom. Yeah, we've got merchandise as well, because Turtles is all about merchandise. Mm. So I could do a whole thing on the video games. There were so many video games in the Turtles, but it's just pointless, because that's... <laughs> it's, just, it's just pointless. And it's not... No, it, I'll just be here forever. We'll, but, do, we'll do another episode. Yeah. Episode 326, yeah. I'm making a note right now, will be... TMNT games. Among the first licensed products to feature the TMNT was a tabletop role-playing game titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. <laughs> Published by Palladium Books in 85, the game features a large list of animals, including elephants and sparrows, that are available as mutant player characters. So it was sort of like a D&D type thing. Mm. 
TMNT, DMD. Yeah. During the run of the 87 TV series, Playmates toys produced hundreds of action figures along with vehicles, playsets, and accessories. I'm sure we all had something when you were a kid. I had some turtles toys. Becoming one of the top collectibles for children. In addition, Playmates produced a series of TMNT Star Trek crossover figures. Amazing. Due to Playmates also holding this Star Trek action figure license at the time. And how here is a just typical turtles toy advert to make you feel like a, an old man. <laughs> Ninja the rat taught them each the ninja art. Donatello, master of the staff. War! Leonardo, the katana blade. My God! Raphael, the sword. And Michelangelo, the new shackles. Radical and master of the willing. Hey, you want the pepperoni ice cream? Right, guys, we need a voiceover artist to really sell this advert. Uh, and this guy walks in. He's like. Okay, okay, I've got a, I've got a take on, on, on this voiceover that I think I'm going to do. And um, I, I, it might seem a bit out there, but just, just, just hear me out. And they're like, okay, go, go, do, do, your, do your take. And he's like, Michelangelo, Donatello. And they're like, yeah, but that's, that's it. That's exactly what we're looking for. We only have five minutes in the studio, so we're just going to have to go with it. Raphael and Leonardo. But Perfect. I, s- I swear, mm. I even had a Winter Olympics-themed toy of Donatello in ski gear. <laughs> But I've searched online, I just can't find it. I definitely owned it. You didn't dream this. No, it you didn't, existed. You, you, didn't, you didn't make this up yourself but, like the um, like your Martin McFly hoverboard. <laughs> but let's say this happened. Why? Why did they do it? Why did they do Winter Olympics time with the turtles? <laughs> let's say it happened. Why did it happen? Let's question that, please. <laughs> so never before in toy history did an action figure line have such an impact for mm. over two decades. It generated billions of dollars in licensing revenue. Billions of dollars? The series was highly popular in the UK in particular when the run-up to Christmas in the 80s, the Army and Navy store in London's Lewisham devoted its entire basement to everything turtle, including games, videos, costumes and other items. Winter Olympics. Olympics, uh, Playmates continue to produce the TMNT action figures based on the 2003 series. They still Mm. do it. Uh, During the height of their popularity... Turtles had a number of food tie-ins as well. Among the most notable was Ninja Turtles cereal, which also came with a small pouch of pizza cruncher bungers. <laughs> right, I was going to say, it's like, wow, some kind of uh, foodstuffs that we can tie in turtles. <laughs> what should we do? The most notable yeah. was cereal. Cereal? Cereal? Turtles pizza, yeah, surely. Well, they did have pizza tie-ins in the movies. I think, like, Pizza Hut was in the film, but right. they had a deal with Domino's. <laughs> So they had to sort of go with it. Uh, they also had pizza-flavoured corn snacks in the shape of pizzas mm. and royal ooze gelatin desserts. Ooze. I bet yeah. they weren't very good. It's never good with the ooze. No. But that is it. Oh. I'm done. I think that might be our longest episode. As we are recording it now, mm. before editing, it's mm. one hour, 40 minutes. No, I think I'm we've so got, sorry. We've gone longer. We have, am, we have gone longer. I am so sorry. <laughs> so do you think you, you learned everything you could possibly know about the turtles? I think I've learned everything I would ever possibly want to know about the turtles, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Alright, uh, <laughs> what's happening next time? Next time, uh, it's still, we're still along the sort of kung fu lines, yeah, apparently yeah. it's a fixation of ours yeah. at the moment. We're not really into this sort of thing. No. But making out like this. Hey, I'm a green belt, I told you last time. <laughs> I'm a green belt, I'm well into my karate. Yeah. And, uh, but we're doing something slightly different, which is uh, another games episode, yeah, another gaming, gaming episode, it's been a while. And it's all about Mortal Kombat! Mortal Kombat will be uh, the topic that we'll be dissecting and discussing next Including time. games, films, all sorts. Games, films, TV shows, animated, live yeah. action, all sorts, web series. It's, 
it's going to be another long one, I, I anticipate. So we'll, we'll, stock, up, we'll stock up on the beers. Uh, so yeah, so uh, please head over to twogeeks2beers.com mm. to download all our other episodes. And we're also on all the social media channels. Yes, Two Geeks Cast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Pictures of us, pictures of beer. What's not to like? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, please send us an email if you want a. Uh, you're going to give us any suggestions or just any sort of showers. It is podcast at two geeks two beers dot com. Make it shorter. Stop yeah. rambling. Yeah. Be less drunk. And please review us on iTunes. Please yeah. head over to uh, if you're on that and just give us a rating. It's give us a rating. Give us a review. Yeah. Five stars, obviously. 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 So we're going to leave you with a song which came out as a tie-in with the 1990 movie. Yes. Uh, it's called Turtle Power. Yes. By Partners in Crime with a K and a Y. <laughs> so enjoy this and uh, yeah, see this you next time. T U R T L E Power, do you know it's really good? It is really good. T U R T L E Power, T U R T L E Power, T U R T L E Power, T U R T L E Power. On the half shell, they're the heroes for In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high, with muggings mysterious All police and detectives are furious Cause they can't find the source Of this lethally evil force This is serious, so give me a quarter I was a witness, get me a reporter Call April O'Neil in on this case Hey, you better hurry up, there's no time to waste We need help like quick on the double Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble We need heroes like the Lone Ranger When Tonto came pronto, when there was danger They didn't say we'd be there in half an hour Cause they displayed turtle power Reporter was hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided on love, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth and They'd mug the people who needed proof Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound Shouted cowabunga as they hit the ground From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower Cause they possessed turtle power Were there ever any reservations on your part about playing Casey Because people might make those comparisons to Oliver Queen and Arrow? No, 